Hey, everyone. This is Chris Ryan from The Ringer. As many of you have heard by now, we lost a treasured colleague and friend over the weekend. Jonathan Charks passed away on Saturday. John was 34. He leaves behind a wife and a son, and we are obviously mourning his loss and sending all of our love to his family right now. If you go to theringer.com slash Jonathan Charks, that's J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N-T-J-A-R-K-S, you will find a memorial page for John which has links to his GoFundMe that benefits his family and the amazing writing he did throughout his experience. I encourage you to go there. And if you can, please support the Charks family. Briefly, I will just say that John was among the first people that we hired to work for The Ringer. So he was instrumental in defining the voice and perspective of the site. He has as much to do with what this place is as anyone else. And throughout his experience with cancer, John communicated eloquently about the challenges he was facing, both through his writing and his podcasting. You could never stop John from talking about his passions. It's one of the things I loved about him. Over the last few months, you know, whenever we would talk, whenever I would reach out to see how he was doing, I would try to keep it very John-focused. And the next thing I knew, we would be talking about James Harden or Better Call Saul. He really loved this stuff. Uh, he loved talking about it, celebrating it, debating it, illuminating it. We're going to keep putting out our pods and writing while we grieve but we wanted to let folks know that John was in our hearts and that his family was in our thoughts. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Listeners, welcome. This is Sound Only. I'm Justin Sheridan. And I'm Mike Peters. We're your Sound Only co-hosts here to record our deepest, darkest thoughts about the millennial lifestyle, hip-hop, video games, R&B, other shit. This week, stuff. here's stuff. Stuff, man. Stuff that boomers generally don't like. Uh, except for the last episode where we talked about Jay-Z, who boomers <laughs> rather decisively like. Um, here's the thing, okay. Think of, put your cl listeners close your eyes. You're in the headspace of it is as we're recording this, like September 12th, right? It's that time of year. It's that transition from it's like that post Labor Day feeling, right? Back to school, back to school to prove to dad I'm not a fool, et cetera, et cetera. From like Billy you're not Madison. allowed to wear white, but just still like how am I going to incorporate it into the wardrobe? You know, like right. it's this, that kind of, it's, it's that time of year. You, you know? got your your, your rock aware denim is still crisp. You're back to school. I'm sorry, this is too old millennial. I'm sorry, I'm taking it to a, <laughs> I'm taking it to a very wow. washed. Are you going to be like, all right, and, and bird man, and your bird man loves. <laughs> 
got the got the skid marks on them, and Your you use them. You know, you got to go to Walmart to get the bleach pins because you know, like, it's it's easier than buying the whole boot again. You know, your marble notebook is year. fresh. It's that time of year, listeners. <laughs> um, no, this is like the time of the year where it's like. Okay, it's like summer doldrums. It's like not that much video game shit came out this year. Like during the summer, you know, I've, I've reviewed Saints Row, you know. Uh, we could even talk about that a little bit this episode. But it's like, I don't know. Yeah, I feel I, like we're heading into a bunch of shit that we're looking forward to, but it's not quite here yet. So this is kind of like an interstitial moment in the season of popular culture, especially considering that we are still not prepared to talk about neither She-Hulk nor Game of Thrones I mean, I'm going to be real with you in terms of, like, you know, the worst person you know has a succession claim. I'm waiting for the Woman King, which is, like, you know, that's, 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 like, that looks like it's going to be in that, you know, same vein of thing, and it's actually going to be good. And I'd rather have, like, the benchmark of things that I'm going to judge all the rest of the stuff. Okay. I, however, have touched... You know, like I've I've watched some of House of Dragons. I've seen, you know, some of the stuff. We're gonna talk about the rest of it, you know, later on. Right. Um, but yeah, like you know, we can do. I'm with, I'm with you, by the way. Like I'll definitely. Yeah, I mean, like it's like God of War we'll, Ragnarok comes out in November. You right. know, like that's the first major PlayStation release, right. like this year. Right. Um, this quarter, in, you know, whatever. In the meantime, right? I. You know that feeling, and it's especially, I remember this in summer, right? When I wasn't stuck at fucking YMCA summer camp, okay? Where you're in the house and it's August and it's hot. It's not August no more, it's September, right? Right before you go back to school, you just sitting around all day watching Judge Joe Brown or Judge Judy <laughs> and or Judge Mathis, right? And what are you doing? You're sitting, you got these judges. They they sort of like they do these cases in five minutes, right? All this all this bullshit. People are coming up in here talking about nonsense, and you got to form a strong opinion in five minutes about whatever they're talking about. And I felt that I thought about that this week, right? Already because I'm sitting on the internet and I'm realizing all of the things that like I could have written about, we could have talked about on the pod that didn't make it. All these controversies about various things. Uh, Andrew Tate. I had no idea who the fuck Andrew Tate was. I feel like I spent an hour reading about him today. Uh, what's the other shit? The Olivia Wilde shit. I today I tried to develop an opinion. Yeah, I was like, the, you know the whole bit about nobody's happier than the Queen kicking off than Olivia Wilde because of like you know. I tried to like understand. Whole, I tried. I like. I really did the whole like forensic like Instagram explore page forensic scientist thing about it like yeah. trying to figure out like what the deal was and got nowhere you know yeah. so that's 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 all for other podcasts on the that's network like, bro there's no feeling <laughs> that's like no feeling worse than where you're like okay fine i'm finally willing to do the work of developing an opinion about this convoluted pop culture blow up thing and you read three different explainers about it and you're still like i'm sorry i just don't know that i comprehend what even happened here that's how I felt. I read this long-ass Vulture Explainer about Olivia Wilde, Harry Styles, Shia LaBeouf, and Ted Lasso. I f- whatever. I forget his name in real life. And I didn't Davis. get it. Thank you, Sadate. Thank you for that. Thank you for that mm-hmm. assist. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. Like I thought I thought for a moment this week could be like a tribunal of various, you know, culture war concerns that have passed us by as we've been talking about real shit like DJ Khaled albums, right? <laughs> and the and the fucking little baby documentary. But I don't even know. I don't even have a strong opinion about any of this shit. I was trying to catch up on the Kiwi Farm shit with the streamer Keffels. Even that, I don't know, dog. I don't know. It's it's a lot of like burn after reading type. We got to put this in a drawer somewhere and never talk about this again. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, we were wondering about the security, uh, the safety of your shit. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never get to. Why don't we do an episode about that movie? God <laughs> We should we do just an might. We just we might, might do an episode about Bernard We just Rubin. might. We just <laughs> might. We just might because just just to talk about just to talk about Brad Pitt's career <laughs> and like these sort of haphazard as like the just being it like playing the character that is as dumb as he looks. That is like yes. I like the I I like yeah. that Brad Pitt. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's very it's a lot of fun. Um I don't know. So what does that leave us with? It leaves us with the stuff that like over okay. It leaves us with the stuff that either over the summer or sort of going into the fall now that like we have been privately like spending a lot of time with or thinking about, but that does not I don't know. It's like that doesn't really rise to like full length episode level. And it's just like Michael was texting me today. Michael was like, what you been playing? I'm like, dog, please don't look at my Steam page. Like you don't want to see the hour counts I have at this point. I mean, like it's really just weird Y2K retrograde stuff going on right now. You know, I, you know, I have, I have, I have less of a, my, my, my sword against nostalgia is less sharp as, as time goes on because, you know, like that's for people who have no faith in the future. Oh, um, <laughs> no, but like the, I like, yeah, I was trying to text you about like, yo, what's the new, like, you know, what's some shit that you, what, what do you want right now? Like, and you're talking about, I've been playing guilty gear strive again. And also like some other shit. Me, me personally, I am diving straight into the Sniper Elite series at the fifth installment. Didn't play it, didn't touch it before the fifth installment. Not going to go back to the previous four games. I just read on three separate sites that Sniper Elite 5 was good. A good sort of what style of game is it even? I've never okay. So read like what what it, what it what it seems to be like the way that I was I saw it described on Polygon was sort of like it's also made by IO Interactive, uh, which we were talking about oh, redownloading Hitman. Hitman three. Hitman. Yeah, we'll talk <clears throat> we were about, about redownloading Hitman three. And then I got like I I finished like downloading Hitman three again, and then I beat the first level you know, without any of like the maddening hesitation that I had the first time I played it, I was like, Oh, I got to go through this door. I can get this key card. I can get this uniform, this crowbar, free this shoot, go into this room. I'll group all these people together, take them out at the same time. And then I can leave in the helicopter. I got like, I already knew it and it wasn't like that exciting anymore. It was just sort of like, all right, for people that want like, Primarily, like, I don't, we've talked about Hitman on this podcast before. Basically, when the bodies start piling up is when the mission has gone awry. Like, you mm -hmm. messed up. Like, it's like you feel bad about killing more people. The alarms are going off. 
you're losing points and XP for like, you know, the non-targets that you're killing, etc. Um, if you want more of like a run and gun type of version of this game where shooting is more part of like the mission rather than you working yourself into into the perfect position to get a shot, killing along the way, like but it's still being like a stealth game because you're in a war zone, you're in like Nazi occupied France. Um, I mean, like, if you want a louder version of the game, I guess, like, this is what you, this is, this is the way that it's been being sold to be anonymous consumer on the internet. Um, like, so yeah, I mean, like, you're a special consumer. Yeah, but I mean, like, I, like, okay, so like, if you kind of like the exotic, locales that hitman provides like the sleek character models like the way that bodies move around each other but then you know feel that maybe it's a little bit limited even if you play the apex predator mission and you're in that like you know warehouse in berlin you gotta hunt down 10 spies in a rave in the middle of the woods etc and it's a really cool level but you feel like "Ah, i feel like you could do more you know like um, Sniper Elite seems to be, you know, that sort of option. Um, so looking forward to playing that. Um, but yeah, I was just like, I was in the middle of downloading that and I'm just looking for other stuff to play. And I texted you what you were on. You're like, man, you ain't even trying to look at my Steam account, man. Like, Two things. Before we get to what I'm playing, can we talk about Hitman for a second? <clears throat> actually, sure. I have, I have a great degree of guilt. And I want to I want to vent it on the pod, which is and think about this. You said this up top. You said we've talked about Hitman on this podcast before. You've discussed Hitman with great passion. Yeah, I've written about it. Yeah. And and I want to say, Micah does does work every week, right? Where it's like Micah will try to sell me on something, right? And Micah often like represents things very well on this podcast. And yet, I have to say, when I finally, I finally like a week ago. I finally put in the security code for the credit card into Steam and I bought Hitman. I bought the trilogy, right? And I did it because I actually, and I, I'm sorry, what put me over the top was I was listening to, um, I was listening to like Insert Credit. I think it was Tim Rogers was talking about Insert Credit about like, uh, if somebody just comes up to him cold and is like, what video game should I play? Mr. Video Game Critic. His answers are always going to be, Yakuza and Hitman. His point was just that, like, Yakuza and Hitman. I think his point about Hitman specifically was, like, if you want a kind of masterclass in level design, you know, in a video game, that's it. It's, just, it's Hitman. Yeah. That's it. That's yeah. the, that's Those are the best games going that, are, you know what I mean, that, that scratch that <clears throat> sense of, like, this is what yeah. it means to... Like, the side talking, the different levels, the trap doors, the, like, the the premises, everything is airtight, in, like, in, in, in Hitman games. Uh, and in Yakuza games, like, even if you choose, because they had the split off in 2016 when, uh, like, the main title became more turn-based with uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon... Um, the detective character in the Yakuza games got a spinoff where you still get to play like the run and beat em up type style that you got from like Yakuza zero, yeah. <clears throat> 1 through whatever. 7. 6? Seven. 7. 6. 
I can't uh, remember. Uh, like, but anyway, like, you know, like it's still like a run of beat em up thing. But the thing is, is that the combat looks great. Um, it's easy. It's very intuitive. Uh, but like also with those games, like you gotta, if you put like a diamond, you gotta let the whole song play out in terms of like story and like how seriously they treat everything. It has like that sort of anime sensibility, but drawn out like over non-action necessarily because they are the cutscenes, like, or less or subdued action. It seems very slice of life to me. Like I've only played Yakuza Zero. It is Zero. very slice it's of life. So, it's so like just I mean, because you, shit. you have to like you like as like the way like a, the mechanics of the game. You have to go to vending machines. You have to go to restaurants. You have to go to the bar every now and again. Like just because like you are forced to sustain your character. Like in terms of like their social life how much they eat when they sleep, et cetera. They're all necessary facets of the game. Like, cause I mean like, and I'm, and I'm drawing such attention to that in regards of slice of life. If you don't know what I'm talking about, or you don't know what we're talking about. Like by comparison, if you've heard us talk about Elden Ring on this podcast is like the only idea that you get that this tarnished of yours ever rests or sleeps or does anything at all is if you kill somebody for like you know buds that you pick up on the ground in their immediate area where you aggro them or like if you stop at a campfire to save your game like yeah. uh, or point of grace to save your game like that's the only time that you see your person sleep resting and even then they're sitting they're sitting cross-legged with their back straight up like posture like you know totally alert they never lay down, you know what I mean? Like it's these games are more so about like how do I keep the investigation going, not just in terms of information, but like I now have picked a fight with you know <laughs> 40 to 50 feral teenagers. It's is a is a regular is <laughs> yeah, a regular occurrence in Lost Judgment. Like if you play the game, like it's it's like it's very funny. Like I've only got like three or four hours into it, but yeah, like you know, it's and now like since I was rabble rousing in the cafeteria and I need to go up to the second floor to plan a listening device, I need to stop at a vending machine to get a power drink. And that's yes. baked into the logic that you start yeah. to have about the game. Yeah. yeah. I, I will say, so like Yakuza, it, to your point about like the anime sensibility of it, Yakuza to me, like I've only played Zero, like I said, so it's hard for me to know how representative Yakuza Zero is of the rest of the franchise. Uh, not just in terms of style, but really in terms of gameplay. Because to me with Yakuza Zero, the tone, pitch perfect. Like, I love everything about the style of Yakuza 0, but here's the thing. I don't fuck with that combat. I can't do it. I just don't like it. It's just unengaging it to me. And I, pretty And I need to move. know... I need to know the Yakuza game that has the combat that I can jive with, but also has all the other shit about Yakuza 0 that's, that's fucking... Okay, that's so incorrect. let me ask you, like, your gripe about, like, the, the Yakuza's, Yakuza's combat. What are your specific gripes about it? Like, if you could give it to me, like, in 15 seconds or less. 
Yeah. Okay. So this is zero, right? It's been forever since I played it. I just remember if it felt like a really shallow kind of beat 'em up system, right? Don't you switch between three so, styles? So like you know, like yeah. So you know, like the where we were talking about Uncharted, sort of like press X to finish the game type yeah, of feeling yeah. of that's not gonna go away. You know, like I'm yeah. like it's very like you are offering to go back to uh to his recommendations about like Hitman or Yakuza, you're offering two like distinct gameplay experiences. Which yeah. one, Hitman level design and autonomy. Like because it is your fault, your success, whether you win the win or lose the level on your own merits as far as knowing where things are, where paths cross how you can exploit it. Like, and then <clears throat> Yakuza is like very scripted. Like, it's very like, you know, you have, yes, you have the variety of three styles in combat, but like your movements um, are mapped to a skill tree. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, and, and there, like, and once you max that out and you have like this multiplier set for XP and you buy this number of skills and, like probably about half, five or six hours into it. It's one of those games where like five or six hours into it, the enemies are just bringing you weapons, you know? Like you could be unarmed <laughs> right, walking yeah. into things and you'll be fine. Like it's one of those yeah. types of games, like Uncharted. Um, yeah. Where like you have a weekend, you want to get to the bottom of a mystery, you want to beat some butt, you want to beat some people up while you're doing it. Yakuza is a great option for that. Like Hitman... If you want to best a Rubik's cube, like yeah. that's the that's that's basically what you're after. Yeah. Okay. Um. I I feel that I I'm gonna get to Hitman. I bought the game, but then at the time, man, Soul Hackers Two, which is like one of the mini spinoff series in the Shin Megami Tensei universe, which includes the Persona games, which Micah will never play. Let me tell you something, dog. Soul Hackers 2, the reviews have been terrible. The sales have been terrible. People talking all kinds of shit about this game. This game is great, dog. This game is for people who like menus. And I don't know. People are like, the dungeons are all samey. They look like these really monotone, like, walking teleport maze puzzles. I don't care. You know how many podcasts I listen to? That's perfect for me. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, all that matters is that the level system is good. The elemental system is good. Like, demon, the demons in the game are great. Like, it's a good, tight, it's a spinoff game for sure. You're not, you don't, that's the thing. It's like the thing that people get scared off by Persona if they do, even though those games are accessible as hell, is that those games are long. Like, Persona 4 is like 70 hours. Persona 5 is 100 hours. Soul Hacker 2 is like short. It's actually got good characters, unlike most SMT games. And it just lets you do the, like, it lets you do all the stuff that, like, all the mechanics and and fucking Megaton fans hate when people say this, but it's like Pokemon for grown-ass men. That is what the combat is, dog. It's Pokemon for grown-ass men who want there to be depth to what is ultimately, at the end of the day, still a sort of, like, you know, fire beats ice kind of system, right? Like, but for grown <laughs> ass wild, men, dog. A wild X appears type. A wild X. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. Like, 
Soul Hackers 2 is great. It has charm. It has some really good characters. It has this weird white boy with shark teeth and a, and a derby and a scarf. Sizo legend. Um, it's got some, it's some weird shit going on in Soul Hackers 2, and I, I love it. Uh, I had to shake that game. That game was an addiction for a moment. And then we're back to Guilty Gear Strive. And Micah, look, <laughs> first of all, I fucked up because I'm playing on PC. I'm, you know what I mean? Like, I built this damn PC. I'm going to have my games on it. But it means it's hard to play people because they don't have cross-play. And I keep thinking lately about, like, what... Because this is the first Guilty Gear game I've ever played. And I'm like, yo, what's the difference between Street Fighter and Guilty Gear? Like, why did I leave Street Fighter V? Other than, you know, Street Fighter V is about to be at the end of his life. Street Fighter Six coming out. And it's like, Guilty Gear is just so much more, like... It's some monkey brain shit. And I love it. Like, you really can, with Guilty Gear, pick it up and go nuts. Like, Street Fighter is kind of annoying because it's like, you really kind of need to be humble about, like, the the sort of technical game plan of, of Street Fighter. Whereas, I mean, like, Guilty like, Gear is easier to be describing. like... I know what you're describing yeah. because it's, like, the same thing if you want to jump into the latest Mortal Kombat game because the graphics are, you know, fully advanced... And you'd like to see uh, a collarbone broken in 4K, but it's like you know <laughs> you st- like it's like the tutorial of like like it's not intuitive like it's like very like you know like it's accessible you know in terms of it being a fighter and it, and you know kicks and punches mapping to familiar buttons but like environmental yeah. interaction all the things that like you need to learn in order to gain an actual edge in fighting somebody online, for instance. Yeah. Yeah. Are a lot to learn. Like you can't, you it's like, it's impossible to butt mash for real, like in, in Mortal Kombat and succeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, and I mean like street fighter two, to a lesser extent. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. 
When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Yeah, it's like, I'm not, neither Street Fighter V nor Guilty Gear Striver the most kind of like execution heavy games, right? It's not like, you know, game, I think fighting games trend over time to being more accessible, but it's just like Street Fighter V is slower for sure, right? Like a match of Street Fighter V is slower. You're sort of playing neutral a lot. Like it's more cautious. And, you know, Street Fighter has a thing where it's like everything is about target combos. You really got to go into training mode, kind of like you said. You really got to like, if you're going to pick up a character, you got to sit there and be like really comfortable and instinctive with pulling off their target combos. And like Guilty Gear is much easier to go into and sort of just like be concerned with having fun up front. And then you'll you'll get you'll more easily just sort of intuitively get a sense of like what the core mechanics of Guilty Gear are, like the Roman cancels and the faultless defense and shit. Like you can you can like have fun first and be good later much easier than you can, I think, with like Street Fighter Five or most Street Fighter games, to be honest with you. Mm. <clears throat> Even though Street okay. Fighter is like the most mainstream fighting series that there is. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean like, you know, I like I guess more so in Street Fighter, you're more prone to your niece of six picking up the sticks and waxing you by like, you know, yes, just doing true. cartwheels and, you know, smashing buttons despite you having learned your perfected your two combos because like, you know, fear the man who's practiced one punch a thousand times or whatever. <laughs> Yo, dog, if your niece if your niece <laughs> picks up Street Fighter Five and like starts beating your ass as Karen Kanzuki, I'm gonna tell you now, she going to Stanford at age thirteen. Okay. Cause that that's you know what I mean, like you know get uh, get her in Evo, you know what I mean, get like you know Evo. get the dream the dream is over for you, bro. Like you know, like she get the, on get her frame, on a, Tenkos, like get on, her dog. a long sleeve dry fit and a gaming monitor and like get it on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just like you gotta just go ahead and be like it's it's time it's Rocky training montage time. <laughs> Listen, to get that high refresh rate, you know what I mean? Like you gotta you gotta get her in there. Um, but that's yeah, it's like I spent an embarrassing amount of time playing Sawyer's 2, and now I've just relapsed back to Strive. My wife and I last night started playing Ace Attorney. Have you played the Ace Attorney games, dog? No. Okay. <laughs> no, so, I haven't. You no, but, just... but like, because one, I didn't realize I like, I was going to get sushi. I was like, I was thought to call my wife. I was like, can you see if they're on the Switch? And they are. The Ace Attorney trilogy is on the Switch. It's like the perfect Switch game, right? Because you try to play a game that looks nice. You don't play that shit on a Switch. The fucking Switch runs games like 720p in 2022. Uh, like, but Ace Attorney is like 2D. It's just the budget of people talking in court is <laughs> not. And the thing is, like, Ace Attorney is such an online meme, right? People taking, like, doing AI, like, renditions of Ace Attorney cases or, like, taking scenes out of context. So you think, like, okay, I'm going to play this game. And the game itself is going to be sort of really sort of more measured uh, anime visual novel type thing. And it's just that people meme it to death. Dog, we, people first start talking to this game. You're like, what the fuck are these niggas talking about? Like, it really is like anime bullshit out the gate. Out the <laughs> gate. You you first meet the chief 
Uh, the fucking you're a defense attorney and the lead at the law firm has a, she got titties out. She has this weird blouse. It's, I don't know, man. Like that game is nuts. Ace Attorney is nuts. I'm mad I put this off. I feel like Eric Thurm has been telling me to play Ace Attorney for like 10 years. <laughs> Single female lawyer, the video game. I, we got five minutes into it. My wife turned to me and said, boobies. Like, yeah, I don't know. I can't explain this, bro. Uh, we saw one case and we on the second case right now. It's like a multi-part case. And I can't tell... There's like one question early in the second case. And she's already staying up burning the candle at both ends, baby. There's this one thing where the evidence has to do. There's this one case where the evidence has to do with like the time difference between Paris and where the trial is taking place. But here's the thing. Like you look at this game and you're like, is this game set in Japan the United Kingdom or the United States. Like the game takes it for granted that like it's obvious where the game is set. But it's like you got people in court. The judge. But also there's this like the, the legal system doesn't make any sense. There's, there's <laughs> cobblestone roads and also like, you know, like grainy stucco architecture. I, re- I know what you're talking Like the weirdly yeah. like Eastern like European anime. Yeah, like the... <laughs> yes. This this anime is taking place in West Berlin. West Berlin. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is, is, is usually where those places kind of land. Well, it's also that like, it's like, Ace, I feel like Phoenix Wright, is he, you look at him, it's like, okay, they're kind of styling him maybe as an American, but maybe Japanese. But then Edgeworth shows up in the prosecution's office, and he has like the frilly chest thing that only British people in the Victorian like era, a barrister. Like yeah, it's like he's got it's like, it, oh, like it's, a barrister. Oh <laughs> like, my god, that's uh, you know. I mean, you know, but that's also just um, that's also just like a very like anime type thing. Like here is um, you know, Lester. Van Oheim from, you know, like, uh, you know, the breadbasket whose father made a killing in the second opium war. Like, you know, just some, like, l- let's make the weirdest, like, most old wealth weird American story. It's a thing that, like, a lot of animated. We, I think we were talking about this when we were talking about Black Lagoon. Like, the, yeah, the, the, when yeah, they finally right. introduce, like, an American English speaking character, and it's always yeah. blonde. Their chin is huge. They're, like, yep. extremely boorish. And, like, they're just rude at every single time. Dude, I could write, like, a 10,000 word essay about the history of, like, conspicuously white. American anime characters. Like, there are so many good... I, now I gotta do this. I, I'd pitch this to myself. About, like, when an anime series wants you to know that a character is American, it's just, like, the is the most beautiful... is the most beautiful thing. Um, but, I mean, like, also black in, in the same context is always yeah, and, but, incredibly yep. nebulous. Like... Yeah. Like, they yeah. were just... It's like... You know, like people, like the even the, the the characters that they want you to know are white and American came from like a place. Uh, even if it is your seventh grade geological understanding of the contiguous United States, yeah, where it's yeah. like you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Northeast, the South, Texas, the Southeast, yeah. Texas, 
California, and then there's just a giant hole. <laughs> you know, like that's like sim- a similar understanding of white American characters in anime. Then like black American characters are just from the 70s. Like it's just like yeah. they're just from the late 70s. <laughs> like, it's, like it's just it's without fail. Like, I mean, it's so fucking crazy. Uh, but yeah, like, I mean, there's a lot to be said about that, you know. There's a uh, lot to be written about that. Oh, man. I'm thinking of the blonde chick from uh, Sayonara Sensibo Sensei. Like, she's yeah, like Yeah, you know, go ahead. She's like, like a parody that. of it. She's like a parody right. of, like, an anime show <laughs> that needs to introduce, like, an American character with all the American mannerisms, which are just, she's loud. That's, like, yeah. the th- she's loud and, like, says nonsense. Um, yes. Uh... What else? That's like the video game shit. I don't know. What are we? What fades are we ducking in the fucking TV film calendar this year? Like, I mean, like, okay, so like the thing that like I we think never I, talked like, about Nope, been, by the way. We never talked. Oh, about I nope. still haven't. I still haven't, I haven't watched that. Yeah. Although I did hear that it was just sort of like a straightforward horror movie, which makes me want to watch it more. You know, yeah, like, I agree it, with like that. you know, the 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 big bad monster was not. Uncle, America. Like, you know, yeah, you know, like it, it wasn't American exceptionalism. Like it, it wasn't something like that. Like, you know, it was just sort of like, oh, like, you know, it's actually just aliens and cowboys, yeah, you know, yeah, sort yeah. of. And I would rather that, you yeah. know, I'd like to see how he fares in that sort of arena. I still haven't watched it though. Me haven't said that. Like, um, we also still haven't talked about the new high fantasy shows, uh, yeah. like uh, the new Lord of the Rings on Prime and the new uh, Game of Thrones House of Dragons on HBO, which is weathering a diversity controversy. I know enough to know to have like I've like have to have watched that like the <laughs> like they got just like some random like <laughs> they just so all right. All right. So the show is about, like, again, you know, the worst person you know has a succession claim, but it's about, like, you know, the House of Targaryen 130 or so years before the days of Daenerys Targaryen, um, played by Amelia Clark in the, you know, show that ran eight seasons and garnered a bajillion views and however many, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, House of Dragons is about, like, you know, we are at a time when the house was in turmoil because the queen regent died and the the successor also died in the womb. And now we only have a daughter. And what are we going to do? Because we can't possibly have a woman on the throne. And believe you me, they tumblerize the hell out of that. Like that, that, that <laughs> Do they really? Line. Wait, yes. no, oh, no, my, no. Oh, oh my god, nigga! You don't. You have no idea, <laughs> nigga. Like, you know. I, anyway, like, um, and they also they like you know, but 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 also like in real time, how are we going to? Who is going to exceed the throne? Um, and it's just like squabbling, squawking heads, spitting expository dialogue at you at court for the most part. And then CGI dragons, because things happen outside as well. Um, it's more respectful, you know, 
by the large part than its than its predecessor. But I mean, like in the same way that like Frozen is the most progressive Disney movie, like because you know the main character chooses her sister over like you know the 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 love interest who's a guy, and then they still end up together at the end of the movie. <laughs> like it's just. Like it's uh it's that sort of like progressivism, which means that it's boring as fuck, right? To be honest. Yeah. Uh like even the the romance, the 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 stuff that is even meant to be quote unquote dangerous. Yeah. Um, but this isn't like a game of thrones show, right? Yeah, it, it is a yeah. game of like this is the no, game this of thrones is, show. I, I didn't know if you were talking about the L O T R shit. you know what I mean? I get these shit mixed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Game of Thrones well. show. I mean, like, you know, like there's supposed yeah. to be some sort of relationship between um the new Daenerys character who actually looks 15 like Daenerys is supposed to be at the very beginning of Game of Thrones, which mm -hmm. I mean, like if we look through it with that lens, I, I mean, like if you, if you didn't read the book and you were watching the show straight up, even then you would be like uncomfortable with the scenes that happened there. But like this character or this actor actually looks like the age like that she's supposed to be. I don't know yeah. if she is or not actually, but um, it is like, you know, you know, big forehead, doe eyes, like, you know, growing into the teeth sort of thing. Like, it's like she, she seems like, you know, heiress in waiting. Um, and she has this sort of quote unquote. And I say quote unquote, because it's not like it's not like anybody said it, but like in big square quotes, dangerous relationship with her uncle Damon, because that would be a thing that happened in those days. And they, and dangerous, I mean, like they have the Gilmore girls, they finish each other's sentences kind of rapport and they, and they hold gazes for too long. And that is like the extent of what you can expect from this sort of show. And I'm not saying that like, I want more in that respect either. I think that like the story has been exhausted and I don't know why this show exists. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, that is like the why you probably see some a lot of the coverage around it being like this Game of Thrones is, you know, less racist and less sexist. Does right. does that mean that it's better? Right. And I mean, yeah, like, yeah there's like a New York Times story. I remember I because I because and, and I mean, like, there's no starker image than like. uh like a lot, like I was saying, a lot of the show so far from what I've seen takes place across tables. You know what I mean? Like at court or whatever. And they got the one nigga with blonde dreads at the very end of the table, like randomly. Like there's just this random black Targaryen. <laughs> like, and if you even, like, if you know, like, you know, the whole story and there's like this you know, sort of Darth Maul only got 17 minutes in the movie, but he got 36 comic volumes, like, sort of story <laughs> going on here. Email me about it, please. But the thing is, you know, like, it's, it's, it's like, it's one nigga at the end of the table, like, you know, and he's just annoying, you know, and very sure of himself, very, and the explanation nebulously is, like, second son possible bastard that like you know proved himself on the battlefield to the extent that he is on the council the king's small council 
Um, I had to, you know, scrap for everything that I earned type shit. Um, and I am like, it's, you know, he's just like old black money. Like he's like very respectability politics, but also I'm trying to get in with the King type character. Um, what I'm saying is that like, if I were to do like, if I were being paid to teach a course about this, about this show, I would say that this character hates himself. But, but like it's like there is it like there's basically like him and uh Damon the uncle played by Matt Smith like the usurper brother claim to the throne guy like they wage like you know an unsanctioned war against some people out somewhere you know and we get to see this black character's whole family because he also marries like the reject queen regent like the, the 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 queen that never was because like her claim was denied and he was just like nah the king was like nah i want my daughter to be on the throne and she's married to the one black guy on the council and they have a, a handful of light-skinned babies together <laughs> And I mean, like, it's just very, like, you know, this is the, like, it's, like, this is diversity TM, like, on yeah. this Game of Thrones show. Like, it feels very, like, what is this doing here? Like, at the same time, it's just, like, you want to be, like, you need, like, you want to involve the viewership that's developed over the number of years. For sure. Um, because, I mean, black people watch Game of Thrones, too, obviously, and they're watching it or whatever, but it's just like unrealistic, you know, <laughs> like, which is we're weird, already, but, but I mean, like we're all, and the thing is that like, if we're already being unrealistic, then yeah. there should be more black people around in, in like, you know, the Targaryen oh, capital yeah. or whatever. You know what I mean? It, yeah. Like, it's like, it feels, it doesn't feel like an organic introduction to like, what if there were more Targaryen? Why did only the white ones survive would be a question. But it's also like if you tug at that thread, then you got to do the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, you really have to think through why there is a black Targaryen on the council. Right. And the show like, obviously didn't do that. You know what I mean? But here's the thing. Yeah, it's like on both sides of these debates in general, it's like, yeah, the trap always feels like it's, it's someone saying on either side, like well, it's unrealistic to not do X or to do X. And it's like, first of all, you talking about some fantasy drag, just dragons in this shit. Exactly. But, that, <laughs> but that's also, but also, but also like that's moving the goalposts. Whatever yeah, it is. Like, you know, like that's moving the goalposts and we've been doing this for how 12 years at this point. Like, so it's just yeah. like, shut the fuck up, sit down and go back to the drawing board and like, think about it. Cause like, you know, cause this doesn't, this doesn't cut it. Like, it's just like, this is... Like, if we're going to have that conversation, like, it's just like, don't even open your mouth. Like, it's just right. like, if, it's, if that's what it's going to be, you know what I mean? Like, you, you, you kind of got to lay it out, though, like cosmic brain, because where I am on the cosmic brain chart is like, look, I'm going to be real with you. Black people don't want nothing to do with no medieval shit. Like, black people you know try to be samurai. We try to be samurai. Exactly. We try to be in Japan. Exactly. It's just like, you know, I mean, like, we're not just like, you know, <laughs> huffing and swinging a broadsword around all yeah. gracelessly and whatnot. I'm jumping out of trees and slicing niggas and running away. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, like it's like you're in and out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Get like, it's just. 
Like it's just like that. It's it's like it's we're too slick to be using broadswords, man. Like yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. it's let's and and in full armor like that. If you want to do like an Edo period drama, Japan, and put some black man and black people in it, holler. <laughs> holler. We're, not, we're not trying to be with dragons and some succession crisis with some with the white you know, queen. Yeah. And the incest thing. Like yeah. it's just like this. I, like you know, it's cool. Like it's, it's you got it. It's that's you. You know, ha- handle it. It's, it's all. It's either is 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 Zulu Nation or Nobunaga. <laughs> That's it. That's all we. That's all we here for. We're not here for <laughs> King King Victor. Like no. Like no, I mean, like I like I. Okay, if if it really is that there is like some kernel of truth, you got to find it somewhere in this sort yeah. of like Scandinavian you know, Germanic lands stuff that all of these high fantasy, all these high fantasy stories arise from. There's actual like true, like real life stuff rooted in the samurai story for black people. Like, you know, Whereas like you just okay, like, us you know, in like the middle a, of... this was like a lot of it is like duty is like, is down to hearsay, obviously like all stories are, but yeah, I mean, like, I mean, who, like where where you're talking about this sort of period, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. they don't even enter the world in a believable way, you know? Yeah. You just dropped us in the middle of Scotland for no reason. You just get like it was just like, <laughs> all right, so, like one of these people on the council has is black, and oh, we can't use that wig, so we got to give him dreads. <laughs> like it's <laughs> it's really how the is really how the character feels. Like there's no like I mean there's not even. Like none of the things that would inform the experience of the life that this character would have led up to this point seem yeah. to dictate their choices at all. Like, or like how they move in the world or any of that. Like, none of it makes any sense. But obviously, that's not what this character being in the show is about. And sure, that is what like the like over argument, uh, the overarching car- controversy about it would be, but it also is just like a waste of time because, like, all right, well, like, how much better can you expect like them to operate? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I've said it before, and now I mean it on multiple levels that it's not really my culture. Uh, <laughs> this whole yeah. genre, <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, it it does sound like. Like you said, if if we catch the show kind of like at its peak, like the peak of your interest, I, I definitely am happy to catch up on it. Because um, I, I feel like I could be open hearted enough. But like, yeah, there's so much other shit going on in the culture right now that. And again, oh, we still haven't talked about Nope. Like you said, like we should, I should probably watch Nope just so we can. Actually, you know what? I doubt that House of like, and this is the last thing I'm going to say, but I doubt that House of Dragons could ever really rise to that level. Um, being that not this most recent this past weekend, like that, like this episode, like this penultimate, like the second to last episode involved like a sequence that wasn't unlike um, that excursion that John and like, you know, the, and the, the red beard guy and like the handful of Night's Watch guys took beyond the wall, like to, you know, like we need to bring back a white as proof 
mission, that dumbass mission that they took beyond the wall that ended up getting one of the dragons killed. And it was like, I remember that two week span of like, that ha- they're having like, you know, when Daenerys shows up riding on, you know, Dragonback and burns like, you know, a circle around the heat. Like it feels like, it really feels like, oh my God, like we at the very last second, like we caught the ball at the back of the end zone and went 110 yards for a touchdown type shit. You know, and then, you know, one of the dragon's eyes or whatever. And it's just like you don't have the same throws and ups and downs with this show because they have a similar sequence, right? Of Damon being cornered by the crab people, him doing this sort of suicide mission, and you knowing that his story can't end there, right? Because <clears throat> he's played by Matt Smith. He's too, he's been too involved thus far. You know how the show operates. Yeah. Um, and you also know that because he's so horrible, his, his deeds are going to go unpunished for at least another three seasons, you know, like you knowing how this show operates and then you knowing that he's not going to pay for this, him doing this sort of solo suicide mission thing that's, and it's meant to drum up this because they spend so much time talking about it in the post in the, in the after um, after credits, speak to the director's thing or whatever. It just doesn't hit the same. It's just like, it feels very like perfunctory. Like uh, when the dragons show up and corner the, like, you know, the, the, the crab feeder in like, you know, the circle of flame and it's supposed to be the spectacle and it's just sort of like, oh, all right, well, cool. None of the nothing. Everything feels like a matter of course so far yeah. in that show. Yeah. yeah. Um. We'll we'll leave listeners in like the finger of whether we will or won't <laughs> together. Yeah. Dedicate an entire episode to this. Um. I don't know. Like we we got we got. I feel like this stuff. There's a lot of stuff coming up. You know. Um. It's just good to. I don't know. It's like Labor Day happens and I sort of retreat into my backlog of stuff. And yeah, I don't know. I feel like we just hit a bunch of stuff that we've been meaning to talk about or have been texting each other about, um, especially after doing that like Khaled episode. Um, Number one album in the country, by the way, God did. God did that. They didn't Um, believe in us. They didn't believe in us. It hurts my heart. Um, God did. I've literally found every song. Baby That's, did. You know what it is? Just on one last note, like that is one of those albums too where it's like it it is the biggest song in rap music at one point and then a week later you forget you forget every single song. I totally I don't I could every tell single you. song. Like I know I that listen they to have it several like, times. there's like the Drake uh 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 staying alive yeah. thing, but <laughs> I can tell alive. you yep. I couldn't tell you how the melody goes, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, it's really more so like that Khaled album is the one clip of him talking about Drake laying down that bridge in the studio where he's wearing like the Fendi 50s button down long sleeve shirt with all his jewelry on. And he's like, ah, 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 stay <laughs> <laughs> 
That's the Khaled album. That's oh, what went platinum in America. All right. It is. It is. And that's, you know what I mean? In this economy. Um, that's all we got this week. Listeners, please, by all means, email us about any of the stuff you're mad that we didn't talk about or haven't talked about yet, whether it be nope, whether it be whatever. Um, soundonlypod at gmail.com. I'm Justin Charity. And I'm Mikey Peters. Shouts out to our producer, Stefan Anderson. We'll see y'all next week. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.